updating, but that's a pretty lousy translation, and we'll talk about a better translation in topic two. See, because updating ignores the fact that once you update something, it immediately needs to be updated again. I think all of us have bought a computer program. We've updated it. It automatically knocks out three other things on our computer, and pretty soon we have to update the update. So renewal is not something that happens once and for all. It's something that, in fact, is continuous. And in fact, one of the constants in church history is change. It sounds like a very strange sentence, so let me say it again. One of the constants in church history is change. So when you study church history, you find again and again these attempts to infuse the church with new life, to renew the church, at the same time that you're holding in trust this tradition. And so we talk about words like discontinuity, in continuity, revolution and evolution, innovation and tradition. And, and finally, and I think this is what a lot of people think about, is the tug between the letter of the law and the spirit of change. And you'll notice that in all of those combinations, I've been using the word and and not or. See, we live in this Manichaean dualistic world that says we're either going to reform the church, which means we're going to bring it back, or we're going to renew the church, which means we're going to make it, you know, up to date and hip. And, and those two things are put in tension that doesn't necessarily need to be there because what you're doing with reform or renewal is putting them in opposition. And if you notice the title of this, of, of the way I think about this is renewing Christianity and reforming the church because those two words are related to each other. So what are the goals of this course? So when you begin and you think of these words of reform, your preconceptions, what are the goals of the course that I want to revisit those preconceptions at the end? Well, first, I want you to get acquainted with the major periods, people, ideas, and events that are key to the history of church reform. And I want you to understand, and this will particularly be true early in the course, theological language about reform and renewal in historical context. Why is that so important? Because that theological language is adopted and adapted again and again. So the roots become very important. That's the tradition out of which the renewal is going to come. I think we need to take a long view because people think of reform in the church only when they talk about Luther sometimes, and now 500 years is a long view for many, but in the life of the church, it's only 500 years, that is 25% of the life of the church. I want to take even a longer view of that, more than 500 years or the 50 years of Vatican II. And then I want to kind of give you a roadmap for future study, because I would love if you would leave this course wanting to read another book. And you'll see in the study guide suggestions for further reading about where the church is today, where it's been in the past, particular books for particular periods that might interest you, the ancient medieval reformation or modern church. So how are we organizing this um, 18-segment course? It's 18 topics in three unequal parts. You must forgive me that I'm an historian and math is not one of my strong suits. But the way I organize it, I think it comes in three bites, even if they are unequal. So I ask you to bear with me. Part one, in essence, two topics on, on history, 
language and principles, right? Because those history and language and principles are going to, as I say, recur through 2,000 years. You know, basically what we're doing is a history of the church. You can look at the history of the church by looking at the history of spirituality, the history of the papacy. And I would encourage you, if you're interested, to do courses on that. This is a history of the church through what I think is the most important theme, and that is the history of the church as the history of reform and renewal. And please, again, notice I'm using the word and. So first we're going to discuss what the study of reform is. Where did it come from and how has it changed? Why do people study it? What are the principles and the vocabulary of reform and renewal? And then part two is going to be 12 topics, so the guts of the course, a dozen topics that look at reform and renewal chronologically. It's biblical roots. We're going to look at early Christianity. Monk